Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. All right. Today we begin our new series on the family. And I know that we represent here in this church such a broad cross-section of humanity. Some of us are married with kids. Some of us are married with no kids. Some of us are single used to be married. Some of us are single never married. Some of us are grandparents. Some of us come from a great family. Some of us come from, well, I'd rather not talk about it kind of family. But here's the deal. We are all part of a family. And even if you have come from a bad one, Please listen up today. I'm not preaching on the nuclear family. I'm speaking about the great family of God particularly. This is what it says in Ephesians 3 verse 14. For this reason, think about this a minute. For this reason, Paul said, I bow my knees. Of all the things that can make a person want to bow in adoration, to stop for a moment and reflect. He says, this is it. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth are named. I know lots of us have got family that are in heaven. But do you know what? They're still family. I know that lots of us have got family on earth. They're family. But can I say to you this morning, even if you come from the worst family and in a crowd like this, I'm sure some of you would have that story. It's good news for you today because God is giving you a new family, a great family called the family of God. We used to sing this old song 180 years ago when I was a young person. We used to sing this song, I love this family of God. So closely, you love my singing, I can tell. So close, what about that note that they sang in that song earlier today? We got to get a majesty. I was on tiptoes for Ruby. I'm going, I'm going to help Ruby. Majesty. I actually dropped two octaves and still was able to say it. Uh, we used to sing that song, I love this family of God. And I know it's not perfect. Tonight, by the way, I'm speaking on, well, the source of, no, I'm not going to tell you. You'll just have to come along. No, I'm not going to tell you. You'll just have to figure it out or get the podcast. Uh, If you've had a great family, that's fantastic because the family of God is much, much bigger and it's universal. It's across the world. And so I love the whole thing of the family of God, but God's family is like every other family in this. Uh, Think about it. Family is where we grow up. If you want a good definition of family, this is it. Family is the place where we grow up. Family, regardless of whether you had a great one or a tragic one, Family's still the place where we grow up. First Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 7, the Apostle Paul writes to the church and he says, But we were gentle among you like a mother caring for her little children. And we all go, oh, beautiful. How lovely is that? The mum caring for the little kids. But the very same chapter, verse 11, just four verses later, 
He gives us the other side of what it means to be a part of a family. He says, and you know that we treated each of you as a father. He, verse seven, it's the mother caring. Now it's the father. We pleaded with you. We encouraged you and we urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. We've gone from mum care to dad, come on, shape up. Come on, stand up. Come on, you can change. Come on, you can do better than that. For He called you to share in His kingdom and glory. And so I know that in the early church, in the church family, there was a need for people to grow up. And we need both. I pray God that you will find in this church, not only the care of the mother, but the exhortation of the father. I think about that because uh, as a church, we, we kind of sat down years ago and go, what is the biggest characteristic of people that make this church their home? And you know what we came up with, apart from loving God, obviously that's a given. But what's the other thing? It's that people that make Metro Church their home are people that want to grow. They are satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. They go, I love what God is doing, but I know there's more. I love what's happening in my life, but there's more than this. And so we need both the care and these moments where that's all you need. You don't need a lecture. You don't need someone to tell you off. You just need someone to put their arm around you and say, it's okay. It's all right. I pray you'll find that in this church that we care for people, that we care for you. I get stories back from Fowler who's preaching in Margaret River this morning, by the way. That's why he's not here. But uh, Fow sends me stories about people that uh, he sent me a report just in the last month of so many families in this church that have been cared for and that have been helped. Did you know, by the way, we started our first connect group in Hope two Fridays ago, uh, which I just am so excited. I'm more excited about that than I am about the $10,000 check. I genuinely am. I was so excited about it. Last Friday, there was 11 people from Hope in our Connect group. Eight the week before, 11 last Friday. And I have heard back the stories of how God touched people in that, uh, that Connect group held right here on a Friday. How cool is that? But anyway, that's beside the story. But I just want to let you know, we need both of you to grow up. And so sometimes you need the care of the mum. And some of what you need is you need the dad to come along and say, come on, you can do better than this. I love the fact that God's not either or. I love the fact that God's not some old softy up there who can't see what's going on. But I love the fact too that there's a part of God that's, that believes I can live a better and a bigger life. And that says, come on, I'm gonna work with you and I'm gonna help you. Care and gentleness and pleading and urging. And it obviously must have been an issue in the first church. We think of the first church as being like covered in glory and the power of God. Well, can I tell you, they were just as stupid as uh, some people are today. Uh, not you, of course. I was talking about that other church uh, that I've seen on Twitter and on Instagram, that church. Uh, but Paul writes, it must have been an issue because this is what he says in Galatians 4, verse 1. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves in an inheritance for his young children, those children, watch this, are not much better than slaves until they grow up. Even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father said. 
though they own it all, they are no better off than a slave until they grow up. Growing up matters. Growing up matters for your spiritual life. Growing up matters for your destiny. The biggest favour you will do yourself is this one, grow up. Turn to that person beside you that you've always wanted to say it to. And I give you permission. I've seen some of you could not even wait. I see those 40 and up couples down there. Joanne's already turned to Trevor and said, grow up. Darlene already turned to Tino. I noticed that neither of those men turned to their wives and said it. I just, I'm not sure whether it's because they are of, you know, fear or whether it's because they just care so much. They were taking the caring side of it there. The most important thing you'll do for your spiritual life is actually grow up. I bought this this week. I didn't even know you could still buy them. It's a child safety harness with walking rain. We had a child who was given to wandering and going astray. And uh, I remember my wife wanted to buy one of these. I said, you can't. I said, it's terrible. She goes, yeah, but I'm not even going to mention which one of our children he was. his birthday today. He's way past this, but uh, I bought this. They tell me it's made for a child and I have no idea how to put it on. But uh, Leo McDonald, (laughs) who used to run a childcare centre before he became our great events uh, guru around here, uh, and Michael Taremba had volunteered uh, even though we'll struggle to get this over one of his biceps. Come on out, Michael Taremba, and uh, give him a big hand. Here's Michael. Look at that. <laughs> Mr. Africa, he was here in Perth a few years ago. I'm, I'm serious. He was Mr. Africa. Well, runner up. Well, number three. <laughs> That's still pretty good. I, I couldn't have come fifth. Uh, can you help me with that? Because I have no idea where to even start with that thing. Uh, but this is a child safety harness. I call it a safety harness. What it means is that your kid can't run away. And uh, it's made for a 40 centimetre waist, which is, it's not made for a 55 centimetre chest. If necessary, we'll just put it on one bicep. No, I don't think it's going to join up, but... Uh, And this is the safety harness thing here. So we're going to pretend for a minute, Michael, that you are my child. (laughs) God bless you, my son. And, and, you know, it would be appropriate if he's two. But now that he's something, uh, 22, we'll go there. That'll that'll work. Uh, now that he's a bit older, can you imagine what it's like when Michael wants to go over there and I go, no, come on over this way. Come on, Michael. Michael, Daddy said, Daddy said, no, no, Daddy said, no, no, Daddy said, <laughs> Daddy said, no. And you could pick Daddy up and carry him. Just, oh, 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 oh. 
That was a bit more than you thought, wasn't it? That's your gym workout for the day right there, baby. Now, you see what I'm saying? Galatians 4, said, was it Galatians 4? Yeah, it was. Galatians 4 says this, you might be the owner of the whole lot. And do you know, as a believer, that's exactly what the Scripture says. He has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Jesus said, you're going to get blessed. Absolutely. He's going to pour it out. Luke 6, 38, given it shall be given under you, pressed down, shaken together. Running over is going to come into your life. All the blessing of Almighty God. And He says this, but if you are immature, you don't get it. Huh? How many people right now are going, uh-oh? Uh-oh. How many of us are going, I'm, I'm this old, I'm a grown up, I got muscles on my muscles, I got a job, I got everything. But if you don't grow up and if Daddy has still got to harness you up, I'm not sure this'll, if this pops then. And if anybody wants this, by the way, I'm giving it away at the end of the service. Hands are going up everywhere. All the people with recalcitrant, recalcitrant children. Just wanted to use that word because it just popped into my head and I thought it'd be a nice word to use. Recalcitrant. It's a good word, isn't it? Yeah, it means naughty. Uh, imagine what it'd be like if, if I, you know, can you imagine how this would look if we were down to the mall this afternoon? Mikey, Daddy said don't touch. Mike, Mikey, Daddy said come this way. Mikey, we're not going to the Lego store. Mikey, no, no, you can't have McDonald's. Mikey, no, no. I reckon I'm going to get arrested. People are going to go, are you kidding me? Why? Because there's something so wrong about this picture. And you know, I wonder how many of us have got the heavenly uh, walking harness on and God's saying, if you grow up, I've got all this stuff I want to release to you, but I can't release it to you till you grow up. Turn to your neighbour again and say, he's not talking about you, it's someone else. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. You've been very helpful. We'll try and take that off. Oh, unless you want to wear it, you want to wear it later. You know. The quicker we grow up, the quicker we get released into the destiny that belongs to us. The quicker we grow up, the quicker we get released into everything God's got for us. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on what God has because I'm still immature. Now, obviously I've grown older, but how many people worked out you can grow old without growing up? How many of you haven't worked that out yet? Because you're the ones I'm talking to. The rest of you can chill out. Think about it this morning. Family's where we grow up. And I want to give you the five areas that if you are a parent here of a toddler, I will tell you what the first 10 years of your parenting looks like. Matter of fact, I'm going to go so far as to say, no matter who you are, let me tell you the five areas that God is going to work on for you until you get them. Are we all here this morning? Here's number one. First area that's so childlike that shows how immature we are is one word, mine, mine. 
One of the first words that toddlers learn is mine. And one of the most difficult things to train a child in is sharing. A life that's all about me, according to Scripture, is an immature life. You know, James talks about it. He says, you go about consumed with your own preferences, your own desires, the things you want. And he says, you're, it's all about you. And he says, that wisdom did not come from above. It came from underneath. He says, the end of it is always gonna be destructive in your world. Listen, no matter how much right now your world is, is bringing pressure to bear, find some way to make your life about more than you. Find some way to make it more than mine. What I want and my preferences, taking priority, no, nothing wrong with having them, but making those things the measure of what I'll do, making those things the, the determining factor into what I will be a part of is a sign of immaturity in our life. And a toddler has to be taught, as far as I've checked anyhow, at least maybe yours were just brilliant from word go. God bless you. None of mine were. That's mine. Daddy, they got it. That's mine. They took it. Well, you know, I'll never forget sitting with one of my grandchildren who shall remain nameless, but she has a biblical name. This is just earlier this year. And I'd bought her some, I don't know, I'd bought her health food. I believe the chips are the sixth major food group. <laughs> and uh, hey, they're okay occasionally. So I bought her these things. And I said, can granddad have one? She said, nope, mine. And I sat there and I thought, you know, I paid for them. <laughs> Secondly, I can just go and buy another packet three times the size and eat them all myself. <laughs> Thirdly, I'm bigger than you. I can take them if I want. <laughs> you know what? But her attitude was there, mine. You think about it when we come to God and we go, God, it's mine. He goes, don't you know I gave it to you? Don't you know... I can just go and get way more than what you've got. Don't you know that if I wanted to, I'm powerful enough to take them off you? And yet God by His grace doesn't do that. Think about it. Selfishness in our life. I'm, I, look, I'm, I know we're all going to go, nah, that's not me, praise God. I'm, I'm over that. I'm a sharer. Hope you are. I know most of you are. I know lots of you are. I know all of you are. Well, I don't know if all of you are, but some of you are. Most of you are. Make your life bigger. Oh, oh, this much I know, no matter how small the enemy wants to make my life, my answer is always, let me find a way to serve. Let me find a way to give. You know, I was talking to, uh, uh, well, someone I know very well. They're not in this church. And they got, can I say this word in church? Are you allowed to say shafted? Uh, they got shafted. Uh, that just means they got done over by somebody on a deal that shouldn't have happened. And uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm talking to this person's spouse and I said, well, you know, and they're the moments when you just think, well, God, send your avenging angel. 
smite them with boils and emeralds. I don't know what emeralds are, but they can't be good for you. If God smites you with them, they're bad. Anyway, and this person said back to me, making me feel about yay big. They said, well, actually what my husband said he's going to do is send them flowers and a box of chocolates and say, I hope your business prospers. I went, "Uh, yeah, yeah, I would have said that too. (laughs) I love that whole spirit that they were exhibiting, saying, you know what? I'm always going to make my life larger, not smaller. Amen. And that doesn't have to be in some massive big thing. doesn't have to be some massive cost. Sometimes it's just as simple as going, I'm struggling, but I'm going to be an encouragement to you. Here's the second one. You ready? Better hurry up. Number two, second one. I don't know if any parents ever heard this from a child or any auntie, grandparent, whatever. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't feel like it. Of course, we understand that our children are just that. They're children. But a good parent trains their child that sometimes you have to do things you don't feel like doing. Isn't that so? Living off your feelings is a sign of immaturity. So I don't know about you, but there are, uh, uh, the older I get, the more I realise how much the child still lives. Just putting it out there. I know this is just my personal struggle and not yours. I know you have gone to a higher level. I know you have matured. I know that you walk in holiness and godliness every second of the day. Amen. I can always hear the hallelujah chorus just winding up, just around about, just saying hallelujah. I can hear that's beautiful. But for some of the rest of us, how many people here have told God in the last year, I just don't want to? How many have told God in the last year, I just don't feel like it? And every hand that's not raised is the hand of the person that's not being honest right now (laughs) before God. I don't want it. It's a sign of immaturity. Number three, third one here. I want it now. Usually, isn't it true? They don't say, I want it. They go, Mum, I need it. I need it. Mum, I need a biscuit now. <laughs> mommy, mommy, I need it. I need it. I'm replaying in my head all these. I used to say to my mum, my mum had seven kids. <clears throat> and uh, I'd go to mum school holidays. My mum bored. Mum never said, well, let me just find a new app for you. Let me get out the iPad, go, go and play thing, Xbox thing. My mum never even said, look at all the toys in your cupboard. You know what my mum said when we said, I'm bored? She said, good, I'll give you a job. <laughs> and I've got to be honest, I was instantly unbored. <laughs> instantly unbored. Never took more... I'm just going, sorry, Mum, I just thought of something I need to do. <laughs> I want it now. Immature people never persist. They give up if it's not easy or quick. Mature people practice and build diligence into their life because they understand they're building their future. 
They're not flipping a coin for it. And so if I want to grow up, I've got to begin to become a giver, not a mind kind of person. I've got to become somebody who doesn't live out of their feelings. And then I've got to become somebody who goes, I'm prepared to wait for the good things. Here's number four. Fourth thing. I had this happen only recently with one of my grandchildren who, I, who said, Granddad, I can't find this. I looked at them. I said, is that an I can't because you walked into the room and it never leapt up and grabbed you? Or is this an I can't because you have thoroughly, uh, you know, scientifically, rigorously investigated the room? They look at you like, Granddad, it's just not there. I said, let me come and look. I go in there, I pick up the cardigan that has been dropped on the floor. Oh, gee, I'm so glad my grandkids aren't in this church this morning. And if they're watching via, via YouTube, God bless you both. I love the three of you. You're awesome, each one. And thank you for letting me use you as an <laughs> illustration this morning. And I'll be there next week and I'll pay you back. At least I'm not talking about Rhonda. Oh, that'd, be, that'd cost me an outfit. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I go and then I pick up the cardigan. Guess what? There's the thing they couldn't find. Huh? When you're little, isn't it true? I can't becomes really the catch-all for, I really just don't want to. And well, I can't. I just can't. I can't. I can't. How many people here have told God in the last year, I can't, I can't, I just can't, I can't. Have you ever noticed how God never comes back at that moment and is the mother to you? Oh, my poor baby, you can't come to mummy because mummy is just wanting to embrace you and go, you poor little child, you can't. Oh God, I, don't, I need to pour more power out into your life. All the Christians that are praying for the power, they want the power to have a quick answer. God has said, I'm going to give you the power to endure. We go, I didn't want that power. <laughs> I don't want that power. How many people go, not that power, the other one? <laughs> I don't want the power that you go to jail and then the angel comes and lets me out. I want the power that I don't go to jail. I don't want the power to be raised from the dead. I don't want to die. Huh? And, and I can't. Proverbs 24, 16, here's a good one to remember, to learn. Proverbs 24, 16 says this. It says, for though a righteous man or woman falls seven times, he rises up again doesn't matter how many times they go down, they just keep getting back up. They keep bouncing back up again. Is that what you're like? Get a hit, get back up again. I can't. Well, we took it out of the dictionary because the Scripture says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Here's the last one, number five. Team, please come. Here's number five, the fifth sign of immaturity. This one's different to the other four. The mine, I don't want to. I want it now. I can't. This one's different because it's actually not about me. And it's not about my feelings, at least not in a direct way. This is the fifth sign of immaturity is this one. It's not fair. It's not fair. 
Why is this one different? And why does it matter? Well, simply because it's not fair is really saying other people are in charge of my life. Other people who've been unfair are the reason why my life is held back. Unfair simply says, you know what? This is too hard for me and it's their fault. That's why this one's different, but it's a sign of immaturity because maturity is dealing with adversity, with opposition, with uncertainty and difficulty, but with hope. It's not enduring. And listen, just lasting is not the same as biblical endurance. Biblical endurance is not just, well, I'm hanging on. Well, you know, one day it'll all be over. We'll be dead and in heaven. At least we got that to look forward to. That's not it, huh? Jesus never said the world sucks. <laughs> but don't worry, one day you'll die. He never said that. He said, in this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world, amen? So I believe for a victorious life, regardless of what's going on around about in my life, in the name of Jesus. Because I know it's not about what's happening out there. It's always about what's happening in here. I tell Jesus every day of my life, Jesus, if you will help me get my inner world right, the outer world will take care of itself. I tell Him that almost every day. Because my, you know, this might surprise you, but when I pray, I don't spend the first part of my prayers thinking about you. I spend the first part of my prayers thinking about me, about getting my inner life right so that my prayers are, are, are got the right spirit behind them. And it's not about what everybody else is doing. It's about who I am. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, please come team. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know that some things can work together for good. You know, somehow or other, he just somehow, some of those things. Yeah. No, it doesn't say that at all, does it? It says, And we know that all things work together for good. To those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. In other words, regardless of what everyone else does, God's going to walk with you. God's going to walk with me. God's going to help us in our journey. And so it's not fair. Will it's not fair happen? Oh yeah, at your workplace, there'll be some it's not fair. If you're a business owner here, oh, there'll be some government regulation or some employee, somebody somewhere is going to do something wrong. It's not fair. In your family life, there'll be something. It's just not fair. Can I encourage you? Look at every one of these, mine, I don't want to, I want it now, I can't. It's not fair and say, you know, God, I'm going to grow up. Because family is where we grow up. You know, I don't want to be 20 something with the child harness still on and all my destiny in front of me and everything I could have. And it's been legally granted to me by the death of Christ, the last will and testament, the New Testament. His will, sign, it's all mine. But I don't get it because I haven't grown up enough yet to be able to receive it and to be able to walk in it. I still can't be trusted with all of that because I haven't grown up. It's an exciting life being a Christian. I think about this. I said to the team before the service, I don't know how many times I've said it over the years, this church has been in existence, but your 
worst day as a believer is better than your best day as an unbeliever. Truth. If nothing good ever happens the rest of your life, if you're a Christian, your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Your sins have been blotted out even though you remember them, they've all gone. There's a home in heaven waiting for you. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. All that, all of that came out of that one moment. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it by being a good Christian. All you did was say yes to Jesus and instantly it took place. The pen's poised to write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And he's not waiting, there's no waiting period. There's no some kind of testing time. There's no probationary period as a Christian. It doesn't exist. Just there, pen poised. You say yes, he goes, I'll write it in. I've got heaven set aside for you. I'll write it in. All your sin gone, done instantly. Just out of a yes. How cool is that? Best of all, it's not anything to do with something out there. It's something internal. I do not know how to describe, though I have done this a thousand, ten thousand times. How do you tell somebody what it's like to actually have Jesus live inside you? Not in some spooky alien way, but just in a way that you know that you know, that you know that you know, and that He's in you. How do you explain the peace that comes with that? That no matter what else goes on, He's there. I don't know. I just know it's real. And I do know that He has promised that for every single one of us. And all it takes is your yes. I realise we don't live in a world like this at the moment. We're all so conflict orientated in so many ways. And Jesus stands there with His arms pinned to a cross and dies for you and says, whosoever wills may come. I don't know anything like that else on the planet, but He did it for you. I wanna pray with you just right where you are. Maybe you're here this morning, you say, Jeff, I'm not a Christian or I don't know if I'm a Christian or I've, you know, I've never said yes to Jesus or Jeff, I'm not sure or Jeff, I, I used to walk with God and I've got so off track, I need to come back. To, I don't know, but I wanna help you this morning. If I'm gonna help you say yes, just every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment. If that's you here in this building this morning, maybe you're watching via YouTube. Maybe you're watching, uh, listening on the podcast, wherever you are, you're driving, pull over to the side of the road, get ready to say yes to Jesus. You're sitting watching this on your computer, on our YouTube channel. Just get ready right where you are. Get up and just close the study door a minute and say, I'm gonna say yes to Jesus today. You're here in front of me this morning and you want to take that first step and say yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus. The yes that changes your life. The yes that changes your future. The yes that wipes out your sin. The yes that puts your name in the Lamb's book of life. The yes that, that gives you a home in heaven. If that's you, I want to pray with you right where you are. And all I want you to do right now, wherever you are, is just simply indicate to me. Just slip your hand up and put it back down again so I can see it. I want to pray with you this morning. Would you do that just all over the building, wherever you are? You say, that's me, Jeff. Would you lift your hand this morning, just say yes to God and let me pray with you just wherever you are. I'd love to help you as you say yes to Christ. Maybe you've walked with God and lost your way. Why don't you say yes and come back to Him today? Why don't you say, I'm, I'm gonna walk with God again in my life. 
Young or old, doesn't matter. You might be here for the first time or the 50th time. Doesn't matter. But you want to say yes to Christ. I look across the building. Is there anyone like that just wherever you are? You slip it up. I'm not going to embarrass you. That's not the point of this. The point of this is to give you an opportunity. Thank you back there. I see you. The point of this is to give you an opportunity to say yes. Is there anyone else before I finish? Don't want to miss you out. Love to pray with you. It's a joy to be able to do it. It really is. Then we're going to pray together. And can I say, sir, it's worth it for one, without any doubt, because Jesus died for one. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer right where you are. And if you're watching this via YouTube or the podcast, because I know people send in yes texts. Got some more this week. So I know there's people watching that need this right now. And I'm going to help you by leading you in a prayer for you to say, make this prayer yours. Would you say this after me, Lord Jesus? Thank you for dying for me because I matter to you. I want you in my life. Forgive my sin. Help me to walk with you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You don't need to pray this, but Father, I pray for that man. I pray for the people that are saying it via the podcast or YouTube, wherever. Thank you for them, God. Lord, no wonder heaven celebrates over one person that turns to You. We celebrate as well. Bless them and help them in Jesus' Name. Amen. You can look this way. Give that person just a great big hand, would you? If you don't have a Bible, by the way, this is for anybody. If you don't have a Bible, go to the Connect Hub. They'll have a Bible for you there. Give it to you with our compliments. If you want to chat with somebody, you want to have someone pray with you, the Connect Hub. As you leave the auditorium, it's on the left-hand side. You can't miss it. Any one of the people there will be ready to help you uh, in doing that. Be our joy to be a part of your journey with Christ. And that's very, very exciting. Uh, one of the other, th- give them another big hand, by the way. I just love that. I really do. I love that. You know, the night I gave my life to Christ, I was the only person. I was the only one. Now, I reckon some people, maybe I don't know what they thought. Maybe they thought, who's this long haired lout? Because it was about as long as yours. And that was back when it was definitely uncool. And uh, I don't know whether they thought, well, who's this hippie slash whatever. And here I am all those years later because one group of people said we're going to pray for one. Amen. So we're thrilled about that in a very genuine way. One of the things we wanted to do though in this beginning of the month was to share communion together. I think it's a family thing. Eating's a family thing, isn't it? Get together with family, you eat. Huh? I got a coffee this morning. My barista has been away in Italy for a month. And I said, Joseph, how was Italy? He said, all I did was eat. 24-7, I ate. I look at him and he's still skinny. I said, doesn't look like it. He said, I walked a lot. He said, but eat, 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 eat. Manja, manja, eat, eat. That's what families do. Jesus must have certainly understood this in a powerful way because He set this table out for us. And if you are here this morning and you love Christ, you're welcome to join with us. Please come host team. They're going to serve us. Here, this is what we do. We take a piece of that bread, unleavened bread. We take the cup and then we serve each person that would like that. 
and uh, then we hold on to it. Once we've finished doing that, we'll stand and eat and drink together as the family of God that we are. But just as they're serving, let me read to you this verse out of Exodus chapter 12. It tells us something important about family. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. This is Exodus 12 verse 1. In the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first of the month to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself. Watch this. Watch how the words change. Every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father. Watch this, it shifts. It starts out about you, a lamb for you. And now it becomes a lamb for a household. And if the household, verse 3, verse 4 rather, if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbour next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. What is this saying? It's saying nobody was allowed to take this on their own. The family of God is not a bunch of people that turn up on Sunday and then go out of here to their separate lives again. There is something supernatural that connects every one of us. We are a family of God. When you die and go to heaven, there will not be Catholic and Baptist and Salvo and Lutheran and Petties over there. There'll be the, I'm gonna, everybody up there acts Pentecostal. You know that? They all act like you. Huh? They all shout. Amen. There's nobody up there going, Amen. Not that I'm having shot it. I shouldn't have said that, but Rhonda's not here, don't tell. Wipe clean, thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you for getting me out of that. Thanks. That's this one. You don't get to do it on your own. We're part of the family of God. What a beautiful thing it is to be a part of God's great family. It's more than just about me. Ephesians chapter 1 in the message version says it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Why? Because there's something beautiful about being together. As good as you are on your own, you'll never be as great as you are when you're amongst family. Amen. People are still being served. I want you just to take a minute right where you are and thank God for the people that God's put you as a part of. Maybe you're visiting here this morning. Maybe you're from another church, another part of the world. Maybe you're visiting from overseas. You're welcome here because we're a family of God not a congregation with a doctrine. We're a family of God. Amen. Let's stand together to honour the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for this cup. Thank You for this bread that represents to us Your body broken for us so ours can be healed. The cup that represents Your blood shed so forgiveness of sins, wholeness, can become ours. As we eat and drink together today, Lord, we are honouring not just You, we're honouring the body You put us in. We're discerning the body. 
We're discerning that we're a part of something, that we're not on our own, that we don't have to struggle on our own or achieve on our own. We're a part of what You are doing. There's a divine plan that covers the earth. We're a part of it. We're so grateful for that, Lord. Thank You for each other today. Most of all, thank You for Jesus. Amen. Let's eat and drink.